Stork Talks. Welcome to Stork Talks with Zoe and Tom. The storks have been part of the life in The Hague for centuries. Have you spotted one yet? Each week, Stork Talks delves into a range of stories, news and anecdotes. And for the next hour, we'll take you under our wings as we discover the city of peace and justice. This is truly a special place to live and we invite you to tune in and discover it with us each Thursday between 8 and 9pm on Den Haag FM. So last week we heard from our very own bike mayor, Marcel Kleinen, uh, and his plans to get more kids on bikes. The Hague is the city in the Netherlands with the greatest number of cars per square kilometer, and this is something many people would like to see changed. Simultaneously, I had the pleasure of speaking with one of the Hague's best-known sweet shops, or uh, Snoopwinkels, as we like to call them in Dutch, who was prepping for Halloween and Sinterklaas. And this week, we're diving into new stories as Zoe spoke with Mila Kilam, a Polish woman who organized a protest here in The Hague. And um, what was that protest about, Zoe? So, Tom, this was a protest of over 500 people uh, who came out in spite of very bad weather to show solidarity with the women of Poland who are fighting to retain the right to legal abortion. And I met Mila at the protest. She was leading it, and I was very impressed by her passion and also the number of people, both Polish and, and other, who were there in the rain, uh, demanding that the Polish government stop what are unconstitutional changes that they're trying to make to women's rights to abortion in Poland. Yes. Hi. Hello, Zoe. Nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you for your invitation. Uh, now, Miller, we've had a fascinating, fascinating conversation this afternoon. But in fact, I first saw you in action, very close to to the Mali Felt last Wednesday, and you were leading a protest about the recent change in abortion laws in your homeland, Poland. Could you mm-hmm. tell us how did you get involved and why? Yes, sure. Of course I can. Well, the involvement was unexpected and kind of spontaneous based on the uh, ruling and it caused big actions and protests in in my country. Women came out uh, to the streets protesting. And also here in uh, in in the Netherlands, uh, there were protests held, and mostly people were going. Polish people were going to the embassy to uh, you know show what they think about about the situation and about this abortion ban. So the the problem or the real issue that people in Poland and the people here have, or the changes to the abortion law, is the fact that a woman must carry a fetus even if it is severely damaged. Mm. Yes, and she has mm-hmm. no choice. Yes. As to yes, as to and this was this judgment was a result of coordinated, systematic wave of attacks on women's human rights made by Polish lawmakers, and uh, we already had the most severe abortion law uh, among uh, the countries of European Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, which now make us, you know, the, like really <laughs> the worst one, the worst one. And it already causes like um, a lot of uh, tragedies and deaths of women who uh, are stuck there because they can't get uh, help. For two last years, they were not even uh, the, the hospitals were denying you know, the abortions based on the three um, uh, cases where uh, it was already allowed. Yeah? So those women were, were forced to travel 
to other countries if they could afford it. So in the end, those poor women, they, if they couldn't, they end up tragic situation of, you know, um, where their health or life jeopardized. Yeah. So now you started outside the Polish embassy, I believe, here in The Hague with your protests. Yes, I just said to, to people there, let's make something organized because for two days people were coming, just dropping candle candle lights, you know, and those hangers with posters about, you know, what they think about peace. And I thought, oh, let's do something organized. And I thought like, oh yeah, like 20, 20, 30 people, we can do just something that looks nicer. Yeah. So as a support to Polish women fighting on the streets there. Well, it's turned out that this kind of initiative uh, was uh, well, grew into a group of over 3,000 uh, people on Facebook. And then we were basically, I was uh, like obliged that now I have to do it. So we started organizing. I remember the first day we took a place, you know, in the centrum. And we said that, yeah, maybe it will be like 140 people. You know, by Tuesday, we already knew uh, those people who sign up for, for the event was over 500 and we got scared. So we went back to the city hall and I said, well, it can be more. So uh, they, we were looking at the different location and this one was for 650 people. And we thought, yeah, well, maybe not everybody going to come. Weather is bad, right? It so, was. Uh, it's, but actually the people were coming in from Tilburg, from uh, oh. Utrecht. Uh, from uh, down Zealand, yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, it was unexpected. Luckily, like I say, I didn't know how many until almost the end because I would be more stressed and shocked. That I was there, Mila, and I have to say I was also surprised by the numbers. I also felt that you seemed very, very confident. I would never have guessed this was your your first sort of protest in terms of, of leading in, in this capacity. But you also told me that you were involved in some activism work back in Poland when you lived. Sure, but usually I would come and I would get a megaphone and then I was just shouting. So it wasn't organizing, yeah? Okay. This whole thing, I came, everything was done, yeah? So I only, you know, was voicing, uh, right? Because, yeah, do, I do have this... I don't know, gift for people. I don't know how you call it. Yeah, people follow. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, I'm still a member of a party, uh, Razem. So we were protesting this, exactly the abortion uh, law in 2016. So I think this is interesting, perhaps for people from the outside. We weren't perhaps aware that this issue has been raised before in Polish politics. And then you explained to me that there was a pushback in 2016 against these changed abortion laws in Poland, but now they've simply resurfaced and this time they've been passed through because of the the judicial system there, the integrity of that system is not very good. No, no, they basically, the ruling uh, party took over the system, dismantled all, and now they are consisting of judges that are in favor of uh, peace. Now, Mila, at this protest, uh, I saw them, and you mentioned as well, there were some representatives from the D66 uh, party here in the Netherlands and also from the GroenLinks, uh, and these people were also linked to the European Parliament, and they were telling the people at the protest that they would get the support of the European Parliament to support Poland in its struggle yes. to ensure yeah. that these sorts of things are, are stopped. And then mm -hmm. that led to a very interesting conversation we had about the whole situation of the rule of law in Poland. I mean, how, what are your thoughts about that? And how do you think the European Union could 
help Poland at this important sort of moment in its democratic development? Well, I think that uh, they already did that when uh, some of the cities declare uh, LGBT-free zones and they just uh, took away, stopped the funding, yeah, sending the funding. And I think that, you know, nothing speaks louder than money, right? Sadly, no. (laughs) Yes, or then then people have a tendency to be more flexible, right? (laughs) Uh, So so I think that, yes, I think that a European Parliament could actually do exactly the same which uh, probably will help the protesters to get even more arguments against uh, the ruling party. Well, we are part of EU, so we are, uh, this is solidarity here. I think that the idea of solidarity, it's still existing because it's even creation of EU, yeah? It's based on solidarity and Absolutely. work together as a as a team to create something better. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think that that could be a positive outcome of even our protest. Our protest, we were in support to to the happenings in Poland and to solidarity to even show these women they are not alone. Yeah, we are here. We see you. We support you. We standing behind you. And the the best describes this those quotes on those uh, those posters. If the state doesn't support my sister, I will support my sister. This is beautiful statement. Indeed, I mean, I think it also helps people in other European countries like the Netherlands to become more aware of what is going on in one of the other member states. Yes, I, I think so. And con- especially in, in Netherlands, where the population of immigrants from Eastern uh, Europe is huge and mm. they are hardworking people contributing to the prosperity of this country. Okay, um, Mila, maybe just, just to finish off, you've also told me that future uh, protests are planned by uh, your group here in the Netherlands. So if people want to find out about that and find out perhaps if there is one happening in the future near them or just they want to just hear or see what, what's been going on, can they find you on Facebook page? Yes, we are not page yet because as we know, it just happened suddenly. So okay. we were not prepared for, for this fame. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we have a group, a private group that calls Parasolki NL. Okay. And all the information about future events and whatever initiative uh, we are t- uh, taking or going to or planning to take. And also news from uh, Poland mm-hmm. of the situation, how it goes there, where the protests are. And I believe also you... are foreigners, so there are things in English and in Polish. Okay, so, excellent. Uh, so you, so mm-hmm. other people can access. And I, I believe yeah. there's also a protest planned in Eindhoven on the Saturday, is on that weekend. correct? I think Saturday, yes, and I think Saturday. Right. Okay. And it, All right, Mila, so. thank you so much for joining us today on Stalk Talks. And uh, we, we will watch uh, the progress with, with enthusiasm and certainly... Uh, you have my wholehearted support. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here, yeah, as as a person of the week, right? <laughs> Stalk of the week, indeed. Thank you, Miller. You know, one thing that I found fascinating and one thing that I want to compliment her, and I think you did that as well in, in the interview, is rather than not do anything or rather than just talk about the, the problem, take action and organize something. And the, the immense response that she's gotten is fantastic. But I, I think a big kudos to her to sort of saying, okay, I'm not going to sit around and I'm not going to just write a letter to the, to the ministry. I'm going to organize a big protest and then we're going to stand 
literally in solidarity. I agree, Tom. I think, I mean, to be fair, I think Miller is just like a small example here in the Netherlands of what has happened on a much bigger scale in Poland, because they've literally had two solid weeks of just incredible protests uh, in Poland because of this bill. So the Poles have really, as you said, they haven't just sat there and sort of wrung, wrung their hands and maybe written a letter or two. They've really got up there and done something. And I heard that the Polish government had agreed to postpone the bill indefinitely. It doesn't mean it can't come back, but I think they're realizing by the reaction they're getting that it's not such a good idea. Is is it correct in my understanding that when they, they implemented this new law or when they tried to push it through that right the day after they also implemented new corona restrictions to sort of prevent people from protesting? Yes, they did. They said, um, yes, they did exactly that. So I think they knew because, as you heard in the interview, apparently they have tried this before in 2016. So it seems to be sort of a perennial thing that they every few years or so they give it another bash. Do you have any insight why it's such a big Problem in it seems to be um, because I also read some comments from the Catholic Church. They are actually very strongly behind this. Um, and this particular party, the ruling party, is very closely associated with the Catholic Church. And so they are pressured from the Catholic Church and they, they then decide, oh, we'll give it another try this time. But they don't. Well, clearly the people of Poland don't want that. So they're sort of at loggerheads. I mean, is is there any end in sight? Any? I don't. I don't know, Tom. I mean, I'm hoping that perhaps the Catholic Church will understand that times have changed and that they will slightly soften their position, or perhaps the people of Poland will decide to vote out the ruling party and get a more liberal party, one of the two. I, I think that's a good resolution, and I'm sure that uh, if people are more interested about it, they'll find links on the, the Facebook page or on the Instagram uh, to uh, the, the coming Facebook page that wasn't live yet, but. Uh, the opportunities that will come to to join and stand in solidarity. Absolutely, Tom. Stark Talks. As always, there's just enough room for dessert, and in this case, coffee or tea. This month, we're diving into the topic of tea and coffee. Um, although I'm more of a tea drinker myself, I, uh, I I owe it to you, Zoe, to explore both sides of the equation. Well, I'm a coffee drinker, so exactly, I'm going to stand exactly. up for coffee, Tom. And, and we're uh, starting this month off with coffee and tea with uh, a place called Hug the Tea. Hug the Tea is uh, located here in The Hague and they specialize especially in uh, matcha tea and Japanese style teas. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Lisa and Carla, who are the owners of Hug the Tea. We spoke about many things, but one of the first questions that I asked is, what is Hug the Tea? Hug the Tea uh, is a Dutch tea brand. We started five years ago. It's an organic tea brand as well. And we are specialized in Japanese teas. And then our most important tea is matcha. And it's directly imported from Japan. So, yeah, yeah. that's uh, Hug the Tea as a, a tea brand. But we also do have a matcha bar here in The Hague. So First matcha bar of, uh, of the Netherlands. So it's like a, a matcha bar, a, a restaurant completely focused on the matcha, the green tea powder from Japan. So what is matcha tea for the people who have never heard of matcha tea before? Uh, it's uh, 100% green tea leaves and then uh, ground, so it's green tea powder. And uh, our highest quality matcha, ceremonial matcha, is made of the youngest tea leaves, so the the first flush from the springtime. So you, you can see it as they uh, do the first flush in springtime, then they steam it, they dry it, and then uh, it's tensha, and the tensha, they, they, it, it. they grind it in a stone mill. And then you got matcha. And matcha means grinded tea. Yeah, grinded tea. So that's like cha 
and a matcha. So it's like concentrated green tea powder. It's like we call it like the the best green tea in the world. Actually, it's a superfood. So I was gonna say. So what is what makes matcha such a, a special tea? Because of all the antioxidants and vitamins in, in the tea and minerals like uh, vitamin C um, and a very special and unique antioxidant called EGCG. It's like an antioxidant, catechin antioxidant. And if you drink the matcha, um, actually you, it's, it's, it works like a detox tea. So it's like really good for your immune system, it gives you an energy boost. It's good for, yeah, like in winter times to feel more healthy. Yeah, it's really so especially now in winter times, it's good to, to drink plenty of matcha tea. But I think there's something special about this location because you can't just drink it here. You guys do a lot more with matcha than just make a delicious cup of matcha tea. Yes. Our menu is like full with uh, matcha sweets, matcha cakes, uh, lunch. Like uh, we do have matcha breads, matcha waffles, matcha pancakes. So it's totally inspired by Japan and by matcha. And in the summertime, we also have matcha ice cream, matcha ice lattes, that kind of drinks. Every season, we have a different menu. And uh, yeah, it's completely inspired by matcha. And, and do you have favorite stories from people coming in and, and trying the matcha? What are some of the, the, the people who tried for the matcha for the first time? What is their usual reaction? Yeah, people who drink it for the first time, they think it's really grassy. And they say like, oh, it's really like green tea, but then more concentrated. And people also say like they drink matcha because they want like an energy boost, but different from coffee because coffee gives you an energy boost for like 30 minutes. And they say like, oh, matcha really works like for four to six hours. It gives me a sustainable energy boost. And other people say, oh, I've seen it be before, but I never had it. Yeah, some sometimes people, they say it tastes like seaweed or grass. Like grass. <laughs> that kind of stories we have it as well. And sometimes people say it's gross. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they say that's especially when you offer somebody matcha for the first time, like the matcha tea, then it's like really grassy and strong. Not too bitter because we have a really high quality, but still we recommend for the first time to drink a matcha latte or like a matcha ginger tea. So yeah. it's, it's like less concentrated. Otherwise it feels like a really strong shot of healthiness <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and with almond milk it's really nice because then you have the bitterness and the pure flavor of matcha together with the sweetness of almonds and a little bit of honey so that's a good first matcha drink and then next step is the matcha tea shots but most of the reactions of people are really positive yeah like really yeah. you think it's really pure it's without sugars sugar and also people say like can I get a latte but without sugar because people really drink it because it's healthy and yeah. when you think oh it's healthy then you're gonna start to like it yeah. yeah sometimes we feel like we are a pharmacy because people come in it's and they, medicine. Said, they have all kind of health problems and then they said yeah my doctor said something about matcha and I want yeah. to try and then after two weeks they come back and then most of the time they have so, such a good experience with the health benefits of matcha, so. like the energy boost, yeah, more vital, having more, uh, yeah, quiet feeling, like it's, it's also relaxed. very good for your, yeah, exactly, for your mind, so feeling more relaxed and having a better focus when you have to work or study, 
We Especially had... for students as well, because it contains a lot of L-theanine, and that keeps you focused on your work without having like feeling really stressed or anxious. So sometimes, besides we are matcha sisters, we are matcha doctors, because people <laughs> really ask like, which matcha should I drink, and which matcha is the healthiest one, and which how many has per many. day? Yeah, antioxidants. What's the maximum, the minimum of a matcha per day? So yeah. Uh, I think one thing that is very special to mention as a matcha doctor is if you've not just been doing this this past year, you have actually a special event coming up, which I, I want to congratulate on, because you've been matcha doctors here in The Hague for quite a while now. Yeah, this month for five years, so the end of this month, uh, <laughs> our fifth birthday. Yeah, so that's already quite long, but time flies when you're having fun. So it was uh, the first year was a little bit hard because we had to explain every time what matcha is and yeah it was not so popular yet and now after five years almost everyone knows yeah. matcha not everyone but most of our customers come in and they know it already so that helps and it's yeah it's really popular at the moment so yeah. especially the Hague is an expert city and uh, matcha is actually a product that exists for 900 years already because it's from Japan and it's like from the ancient and yeah and like in New York and London it was already upcoming but in The Hague and Amsterdam in Holland it's quite yeah, not new but from like the last couple years so in yeah. the beginning it wasn't so popular and then we saw like ex experts were buying matcha and also yeah Dutch people just uh, really drink it right now so yeah. I, I like the quote uh, time flies when you're having matcha I think that is uh, very appropriate so if there are more people who would like to experience the, the, the many benefits and the story of matcha tea is where can they find well both you and, and more information about it Online, we do have a web shop, and um, there you can also read everything about matcha, the health benefits, but also how to make the tea, how to make the latte, and many recipes. And also blogs, blogs. yeah, we try to blog a lot, so we, we write about the health benefits, but also matcha pancakes, how to make it, and uh, new recipes, new stories. How to make a smoothie, how it's made, about our farmers, about yeah. like the producing time, uh, over the organic process. Uh, so yeah, you will find a lot of information on hugthetea.com. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. What do you hope the international community takes away about uh, Hug the Tea and, and matcha? Yeah, good question. I think mm. that they can compare different kinds of matcha and like a lot of people like our ceremonial grade matcha because it's really it distinguishes itself from other matchas and it also it's it's organic and it's uh, less bitter and more green and grassy and light sweet than yeah, just a standard matcha. And maybe also because it's straight from Japan and there's a lot of fake matcha on the market. And uh, be aware, guys. Be then aware. it's really bitter <laughs> and it's also not so green in color. So, the last couple of years, a lot of customers came back because they said, Your matcha is so mild in flavor and so green in color, and the texture is so creamy. So, your matcha is basically the best I ever had, and that's really that's unique quality. Yeah. yeah, because we get it from the, the Japanese tea farmers in the south, and that's an organic area so that's really unique about uh, our matcha yeah i feel that there's still uh, so much left to explore in matcha tea but uh, i'm going to ask people to uh, stop by and explore it for themselves or visit them on the website i want to yeah. thank you both so much for joining me and i hope that we so 
Muchas gracias. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Thank you so much. And they are also welcome here in uh, the matcha bar in uh, The Hague. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, lastly, if people want to stop by, what is the, the address or the location? Uh, Papestraat 13 in uh, the city center of The Hague. Fantastic. Uh, you are more than welcome to have a lovely cup of matcha at uh, Papestraat 13 here in The Hague. Um, I'm, I was quite interested to listen to that interview, Tom, because when I lived in Hong Kong, matcha was very big, as you can probably understand, it's close to Japan. Uh, I remember seeing it everywhere, mainly in ice cream and all kinds of places, not necessarily connected to tea. I remember thinking, oh, I wonder what that's about. And it did seem to be the sort of pale green color. But it was interesting to hear these ladies talk and explain a little bit more about the actual health benefits because I think it's it has become a little bit of a a sort of a fad if I if I can say that and so a lot of people might have heard the word but they don't really know what is so special about I, I it. I think it's always difficult if you feel like you're doing something well let's say in this case matcha is serving high quality matcha then there are definitely health benefits but like they described as well when you speak about people making off-the-counter replicas or things that aren't the same quality is you're not going to experience the same benefits but people are still going to try to sell them as matcha and sort of go well look at the the amazing benefits that this matcha tea has even though it's not real matcha it, it well as we said it is now sort of a superfood from what i understand um, but it seems to have unlike other superfoods it seems to have taken on a life of its own I mean, I think I recall even Hong Kong seeing something like a matcha Kit Kat bar. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, hug the tea as well is they have a wide variety of products. Like you'd be surprised. What matcha can go into. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I think um, if, if anything, it, it is worth a try and it, it has quite a distinctive taste. I mean, I had the pleasure of actually drinking a cup of matcha tea. I've had a tea earlier as well. But it's, it's I mean, you do need to like the flavor. It is really something like, I think it's similar to, to coffee to an extent where you may not like it the first time, but if you, you recognize that there are health benefits and you, you feel like I want to try it again, then yeah, you can, you, you should. Mm. Okay. Have you ever had a cup of matcha tea? Sorry, I don't think I have, but I have might have tried like a matcha latte or something of that kind, which is also an interesting idea because there we have the matcha being mixed with the caffeine. Uh, who knows? Who knows what interesting <laughs> concoctions they'll come up with next? Now, there's there's uh, much more to explore, and we'll uh, continue to do that in this podcast uh, related to both hospitality and interesting uh, stalk news. I look forward to it, Tom. I'm Tom. And I'm Zoe. And thank you for stalking with us this evening. Next week on Stalk Talks. We'll focus on an interview with another tea fanatic called Robert, who is the owner of Scallywags, a British tea and lunchroom located right here in The Hague. We also speak with Ebere Akadri, originally from Nigeria, about her ongoing campaign to address human trafficking from Nigeria at its source. Remember to check out our Instagram and Facebook pages for more information on any aspect of this podcast. And lastly, you can also find our complete Stalk Talks Facebook Live segment on our Facebook page or through the link in the show notes. Thank you for stalking with us this evening, especially after some of the new restrictions. Please tune in again next week for more fun frolics and some interesting pieces of news right here in the city of peace and justice.